Let's take our Bibles this evening and go to Hebrews together. Hebrews chapter 11. We've been looking at Moses' life. Last week we looked at some choices that he made. And, uh, and specifically how he rejected, some things that he rejected. And we could even look at it this way, things that faith rejects. And uh, tonight we'll look at some positive choices that faith makes. And we might ask ourselves the question, am I walking by faith? Am I, of course, we know that faith pleases God. So are we living our lives by faith? Um, faith is not a shot in the dark. It's not a uh, casting of lots type of a thing. Um, it's not a hope so. I hope this works out. That's not what faith is. Um, faith is taking God at his word. And we look at Moses' life, and specifically last week and this week, we see that he made some choices, some very, very difficult choices. And, um, and we, we know that he was a man of faith by the choices that he made. Well, how many of you knew that the roads were going to be as slippery as they were when you were getting ready to leave your house? Okay, some of you did. Most of us didn't. We found that out on en route, but I'm glad you're here. I'll try not to be too long this evening so we all get home safely. We'll trust the Lord for that. But it's good to see a great group of people here on a Sunday night. And uh, I'm excited what God has for us. Um, so what, did, what choices did Moses make? Look with me at, at verse 23 of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, verse 23, what were some of the choices that he made? It says in verse 23, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. You remember how we read how the king, the pharaoh, had uh, issued a decree that all the baby boys would be killed, um, and there were other things that were happening as well. Um, verse 24, we see that he makes some choices. He says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And I made a lot of emphasis on the fact that Moses had a lot as a grandson of Pharaoh. He would have had a lot. He already had it. He wasn't chasing a dream. He had it. And he was willing to give that up. And he rejected, by faith, he rejected a life of prestige to obey God, to obey, to take God at his word. And in other words, he was willing to give up a lot, fleshly things, in order to obey the Lord. Um, we saw, secondly, in verse number 20, 24, no, 25, that he rejected the world's pleasure. We saw that faith rejects the world's pleasure. Verse 25, he says this, choosing rather to suffer affliction. So he re rejects a life of prestige in verse 24, to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He rejected the world's pleasure because he was willing to walk by faith. Please God, take God at his word. In verse 26, we see that he rejected the world's plenty. It says they're esteeming, which means to account, which tells me that Moses thought about this. He thought about it. He looked at what he had. He knew what he had. And he knew what he was giving up. And he knew what he was getting. 
He didn't know what it was all going to look like in the end, but he knew that he was going to be suffering affliction. And he still, knowing that it was going to be difficult, I, want, I almost used the word challenging. I'm sorry, that's not a hard enough word. Um, he, to, he knew what he was doing, and yet he's still willing. So he's esteeming, he's considering, thinking, coming to a conclusion, not a rash conclusion. He's esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And that word respect means he had fixed his eyes upon it. He wanted to please God. He wanted to obey the Lord. That meant more to him, obeying God, than living a life, a whole life for himself. How about us? How are we doing when we think about these things? Because there's a lot, there are a lot of things in this world, I suppose, that might bring us some temporary satisfaction. Um, isn't it? Aren't you tempted sometimes by that? Yes or no? Yeah, that was a little weak. We're all tempted, aren't we, in that way? Sure we are. Um, you're, we, we're not the first ones. We're not the first ones. And you're not alone in that temptation. And uh, Moses had so much, but he knew God had something else for him. And it was going to cost him a lot. It was going to be very hard. And yet, because God said it, he esteemed God's words to be greater, of more importance than what he had. And he was willing to suffer for it. And then finally, we noticed that he rejected the world's pressure is the way I put it. Notice in verse number 27, he does this by faith. By faith, it says, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. And, and that tells me that there would have been wrath. For he endured, he was strong, as seeing him who is invisible. He wouldn't take his eyes off of, um, really, the Lord. Seeing him who was in, who is invisible. He never saw the Lord Jesus Christ in his life. Moses never saw him. But he believed God's promises. And if that meant walking away from being a wealthy person, wealthy man, Moses was willing to do it. If that meant turning his back on pleasures, things that were pleasurable, if it, it, he was willing to do it. All of these things. And he, and he made some very negative decisions. They're all in the negative. He forsook. He, he didn't fear, right? He's uh, giving up. He's rejecting all these things. That's a negative statement by faith because he was obeying the Lord, but because he was taking God at his word. Now, tonight, it's all going to be in the positive. We'll see some things that, some choices that he makes and some things he accepted. Okay, look at our text. We'll continue reading in verse number 28. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of, the, of, the blood, of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea. This is under Moses' leadership. People of Israel passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, as saying to do, were drowned. Look at verse 29. By faith, they are, I already read that. Uh, and so what do we see here? We see three truths um, that faith accepts. Three things that faith accepts. We saw last week three things that faith rejects. And we'll see here this evening what faith accepts. Let's pray and we'll look at God's word together.
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for bringing us here safely tonight. Um, Lord, we had a youth activity planned, and um, we didn't expect the snow to come like it did. It held off, and then all of a sudden it came. We might call the, the wrong time, but we know it was right on time. Lord, we, we thank you for your safety and giving it to us tonight to bring us here. I pray that you'd speak to us by your word. pray that you'd encourage hearts. And uh, I pray that you'd help us to be men and women of faith because we know that that pleases you. And Lord, we want to please you. So help us, I pray, as we look at your word tonight. In Christ's name, amen. Now, I notice when I look at Moses' life, he chose God's way. If I could boil Moses' life down to that, uh, the vast majority of what's recorded for us in Moses' life was that he, he chose God's way repeatedly, over and over again. Even when it was hard, he chose God's way. He chose to believe God. He chose to believe the revelation of God. He chose to believe what God said to him. He chose to live a life of faith. I think I mentioned it to you recently uh, an individual that I've been speaking with uh, about the gospel. And at one point, this individual said to me, he said, I don't I just don't buy it. I just don't believe it. I haven't given up hope because there was a time when all of us didn't believe it. And the Lord in mercy kept extending his truth to us time and time and time again. And the word of God, like a hammer, will break the, rock, the, heart, the hard heart like a rock in pieces. It will soften a stiff neck. So it's not over. It definitely saddened my heart to hear that individual say that. In many ways, it kind of broke my heart. I had to encourage myself in the Lord that God's not done. It's not over yet. And that there was a time in my life when I didn't believe the truths that are the word of God. But even for those of us who are saved, at one time in the past, we have believed the word of God. It's truths to us. We believed it and it saved our soul from death and hell. Even those of us who are saved and have been saved by faith, there are times in our lives where we still struggle to believe and trust the Lord to take him at his word. So whether or not we are living by faith, though, is just demonstrated really by our actions. Because, again, we might all say tonight, well, I'm a man of faith. I live by faith. Well, how do you know that? We, we can know that if we are or not uh, living by faith, and, and we can know that by the way we're living, the decisions in particular that we're making. Our decisions tell us if we're living by faith or not. Now, Moses' faith was demonstrated by the decisions he made, and what kind of choices uh, did he make? Well, as I mentioned, he rejected the world's prestige, he rejected the world's pleasure, rejected the world's plenty, rejected the world's pressure. And um, and so I would ask you, are, are the decisions that you are making, that I'm making, are they based upon what we feel like or are they based upon what God says? Are the decisions that we're making, are they based upon what we see or are they based on the unseen? The visible or the invisible. And so as we looked at what Moses, what, what Moses' faith did and, and it showed up in how, what he rejected, this week I'm going to look at what faith accepts. What, what does faith accept? Look again at verse 23 of our passage. He says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. I notice, first of all, 
There are only three truths we'll look at tonight. First of all, I noticed that faith accepts God's plan. Faith accepts God's plan. So how are you doing with point one? Are you good at accepting God's plan? Is your life, are you, are you even happy with God's plan for you? Are you upset with him about his plan, what he's doing, where you're at at this point in your life? Um, because I notice that faith accepts the Lord's plan. Look again at verse 23. It says, because they, um, Moses' parents, they saw he was a proper child. That means handsome or fair. And, uh, of course, Moses' parents, Amram, his father, and Jochebed, his mother, they realized that God had something special for Moses. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say that God told Amram and Jochebed that uh, that Moses was going to be the leader of Israel to lead them out of Egypt and uh, to lead, lead them all those years, 40 years of wandering through the wilderness, and that he was going to be an incredible leader, and he was, and a humble man, which he was. The Bible doesn't tell us that Amram and Jochebed had that information. Um, it just tells us that they saw he was a proper child. Now, do you remember, and we read it last week, how the Pharaoh at that time had made a decree to kill the Hebrew baby boys? Do you remember that? We read about that. But Amram and Jochebed fearlessly hid their baby boy, even dis willing to disobey the Pharaoh at that time. But the only thing verse 23 tells us is that is really why they took that extreme risk was because he was beautiful. That's all the Bible tells us. Um, I might ask the question, isn't that what every parent thinks about their ch child? You know, you, you saw him for the first time. He thought, oh, isn't he beautiful? What do they always say? He's perfect. We know that's not true, but we all say it, right? She's perfect just the way she is and. Um, we all think our babies are the be most beautiful ones. I mean, nobody has ever had an ugly child, and if you have, don't tell us. Right? Every, everyone's child is the most intelligent, brilliant, beautiful. But I, I believe somehow Amram and Jochebed knew that God had something special for Moses' life. And, and maybe they didn't. Maybe it was just as simple as, Lord, this is the gift that you've given us. And we're going to do everything in our power humanly to protect this gift. Trusting you, Lord, that you have something special for our child. It, that, it could be that, that their faith could have been that simple. But nonetheless, we see there's this faith that accepts God's plan. In Exodus chapter 2, in verse 2, it says, The woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him, that he was a goodly, a good-looking, a beautiful, a well-favored child, she hid him three months. Uh, Moses is also described in the book of Acts in chapter 7 and verse 20 where it says this, in which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. The word there, exceeding, is actually the word theos. Exceeding fair has the idea of goodly or fair or beautiful to God. In other words, Amram and Jochebed looked at that baby boy and their conclusion, as we come to understand it by the Holy Spirit giving words to say in the book of Acts, a lot of years later, we come to understand that Amram and Jochebed looked at that baby boy and they understood this. This baby that God has given to us 
is not just good for us to see, but is beautiful in the eyes of God. And the idea is they understood there was something special that God had for this baby boy. I think most of us, and again, I don't want to go beyond scripture here, but all of us as parents ought to look at our children that way. It would be right for us to look at our children that way. This child is a gift to me from God. He's beautiful in the eyes of God. God has something special for my son, special for my daughter. You see, that would be an exercising of faith. And so knowing that he is beautiful in the eyes of God, I am going to train him up as best I can in the way that he should go. So there's this idea that faith accepts God's plan. And so as we compare scripture with scripture, we understand that this description of Moses, he's proper in Hebrews 11. He's goodly in Exodus chapter 2. It means he was lovely in the sight of God. God had a plan for him. You know, Amram and Jochebed didn't just hide the baby because they thought he was cute or because they wanted to protect the life. I believe they understood God had a special plan for their son and they accepted that plan. Hold your place in Hebrews 11. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. We'll spend a little bit of time in Exodus here this evening. Exodus chapter 2, and I'll begin reading in verse number 1. Exodus 2, verse number 1. I'll read down through verse 15. It says, And there went a man of the house of Levi, and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch, and the child and, and the, put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maids, her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew, Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. So God gives Moses back to his mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. So now think about this. Pharaoh's actually paying for the raising of the child who's someday going to lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. In verse 11, it says this, And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on the burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting in Hebrew, uh, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. So I'm going to stop there. For Well, no, let's keep going. Verse 12. Verse 13, and when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him that did wrong, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me 
as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared. Why? He was guilty. He had killed someone and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. He sat down by a well. Now I believe that Moses' parents taught Moses about God's promises. And I say that in light of what we just read. Moses, though he had been reared in Pharaoh's house by Pharaoh's daughter, he had a love for his people. Hebrew people, and going so far that he was willing to take the life of an Egyptian to protect or in what he would have considered right an act of uh, defense uh, against the Egyptian. So I think his parents had raised him up and taught him about God's promises and that God had a special plan for him. And so much so, I think Moses was willing to take it upon himself to work out that plan. He was going to maybe he thought of himself as the deliverer kind, and, but, but it, this wasn't the way God intended for him to deliver Israel from Egypt. Back in Hebrews chapter 11, in verse number 24, we see God's plan. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. We see that the king was wrathful, he wanted to kill him. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I notice, first of all, we'll move on from this. Very simply, faith accepts the Lord's plan. Moses' parents accepted God's plan for Moses. They were willing to do some hard things. Moses, somewhere along the line, came to understand that God had a plan for his life as it pertained to delivering the people of Israel. And we're going to move on from this. Moses wasn't ready to lead them yet. It wasn't God's time. Moses was outside of God's way of doing it, actually. But he, he was willing, he was accepting of God's plan. Now, before I move on from this, are you and I accepting of God's plan where he has us at this point in our lives, wherever we are? Are you are you resisting his plan? Do you find yourself resisting him, frustrated with him? Or do you find yourself that you're accepting God's plan? Number two, faith accepts God's provision, what God has provided. You're Here in Hebrews chapter 11, we'll come back to Exodus in a moment. But in Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 28. And notice how the faith of Moses, he accepts God's provision. Verse 28. It says, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Um, For 40 years, Moses... Moses has been living in the land of Midian as a shepherd up to this time. You can read about it in the book of Exodus. He's been living as a shepherd. He has the burning bush incident, and then he walks back into Pharaoh's palace. He's got no army. He has no weapons. He's facing this proud, arrogant monarch who's reigning over the nation of Egypt, and he and yet Moses has this boldness, and he walks right into the face of Pharaoh, and he demands, right, He delivers God's message. God had said, you tell Pharaoh, 
let my people go. And Moses goes back into Pharaoh, in front of Pharaoh, the man who has tried to kill him. And he says, let my people go. Well, it didn't take long. You remember the waters turned to blood, the plagues come and the frogs came and the dust turned to lice and then the flies and then the death of the livestock. And the ashes produced boils on both man and beast and the thunder and hail and fire and then the locusts and the darkness and then the death of the firstborn. And, 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 and what is happening here? It says in verse 28, through faith, he kept the Passover. Sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them, the people of Israel. Moses, I notice here, accepts the Lord's provision. Faith accepts God's provision. God had made a provision for the deliverance of the firstborn. Death was going to come into the land of Egypt. People were going to die. Livestock were going to die. And Moses not only accepted God's plan for his life, but he accepted God's provision. Look back to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12 in our Bibles. And I'll read beginning in verse 3. Exodus chapter 12, beginning in verse 3. And we see that God has, had made this provision that they might be delivered from this tenth plague in Egypt. Exodus 12, verse 3, I'll read down through verse 10. God's speaking to Moses, and he says, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door of the post of the house wherein they shall eat it and they shall eat the flesh in that night roast with fire and unleavened bread and with the bitter herbs they shall eat it eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water not boiled but roast with fire his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof and ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire verse 11 and thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now, I'm reading all this, and many of us know this story. Some of us haven't ever read this before, before tonight. But what I want you to notice very simply is God was giving instruction to Moses. What if Moses had just been like, oh, yeah, that's nice. I mean, God's giving very detailed instruction here, isn't he? Don't boil it. Have your shoes on your feet. Be ready to go. Uh, it was very important what God, the instruction God was giving to Moses. God was making a provision for his people to be delivered from Egypt, from slavery, that he could be their God and rule as their God in their lives, that he could provide for them and care for them, and shepherd them. And he's giving them very, very precise directions. 
He's making a provision. Moses was accepting of God's provision. Sometimes in our lives, we, we, want, we long for a way of escape, but we don't take the way of escape that God gives. We don't, take, we don't make use of his provision for us. Look at verse 21, still in Exodus chapter 12. Look at verse 21. I'll read down through verse 23. We're skipping large portions. It says in verse 21, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and on the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. Look down to verse 28. Verse 28, I'll read down through verse 30. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. What a beautiful statement that is. Verse 29. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Every house, the Bible says, suffered. But Moses, from what we read, Moses chose to believe God He chose to lead the people of Israel to obey God's instruction. We have some men in this room. What kind of men are we? Are we men of faith? Are we men who accept God's provision and lead our families to accept God's provision? Moses chose to believe God, and he actually is able to be used by God to lead an entire nation to accept God's provision. The whole nation acted in faith. What a wonderful, what a wonderful night this must have been for God's people to experience the salvation of the Lord. And Moses did what he did because he took God in his word. He believed God. It says, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Moses didn't try to make up his own way. He didn't try to make up his own, come up with his own strategy. He just simply accepted the provision of God like there was no other option. That's faith. There's no other option. This is the way that God has said. This is what he has said to do. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe we could do this. How about this? How about this? No, that's not what Moses did. He was a man of faith. He accepted the Lord's plan and he accepted God's provision. And one last truth, he accepted God's instruction. Faith accepts the Lord's promises or instruction. In verse 29 of Hebrews 11, and we'll come back to Exodus again in chapter 14 in a moment. But in Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 29, it says this, by faith, They passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, as saying to do, were drowned. Faith accepts the Lord's promises or the Lord's instruction. Look at at Exodus chapter 14, would you? 
We were just in chapter 12. Look at chapter 14. And I want to read about it. Exodus chapter 14. And I'll begin reading in verse number 5. So the ten plagues have come and gone in Egypt. Pharaoh has said, get your people. Get out of my land. Get out of my country. The idea, he didn't ever want to see them again. Exodus chapter 14, look at verse 5, and I'm going to read this passage, okay? So we're going to read all the way down to verse 31. I'll read the rest of the chapter. It's exciting. Look at verse 5. And it was told of the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? What are we thinking? Verse 6. And he made ready his chariot. Pharaoh does, and took his people with him, and he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt, and captains every over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with an high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pi. Ha-Hiroth, before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Did you remember this happening so soon, by the way? I mean, we know the children of Israel complained a time or two. But you know what? They've just barely gotten out of the land of Egypt, and they're already complaining. They're already blaming Moses. Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Verse 12. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, and we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than, than that we should die in the wilderness? And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. I'll pause for just a moment to say this. Popular opinion was against God's plan this moment. Do you see that? Popular opinion was against the leader that God had given to the Israelites. They're blaming him. Why have you done this? Why did you take us away from slavery to take us out in the wilderness to die? You know, and and it's amazing to me. Moses, he's a man of faith. He stands here and he says, basically, stand still and see the salvation of God. I got to I got to wonder, do you think he was wavering at all? Like this may not go right. (laughs) This is not this is not what we agreed to, God. I'm pretty sure this isn't what we talked about. You know, I don't know. Uh, But whatever the case is, he's he's a man of faith. When everybody else isn't trusting God, he is. Verse 14, he says, The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, this is interesting, Wherefore criest thou unto me? I don't know if there's something here that's not recorded. Maybe Moses said the right thing to the people and turned around in his heart. He was like, Lord, you... You have to do I, it's something is something not recorded here. And the Lord said to Moses, wherefore Christ thou unto me speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. 
Sometimes in faith we stand still and there's nothing to do. Wait upon the Lord. And other times in faith, and often in faith, you put one foot in front of the other and you do what you know you should do. And if you and I will put one foot in front of the other, walking by faith, doing what we know we should do, we will end up where we should be. And we will see the hand of Almighty God delivering us throughout our lives. Continue with me, verse 16. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. That's a simple task. The children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I've gotten me honor upon Pharaoh and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud uh, went from before their face and stood behind them to kind of block the Egyptians from them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, and it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand, and a wall on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud, and troubled the host of the Egyptians, and took off their chariot wheels that they drave upon hev- that they drave them heavily, so they're being dragged along the seabed, so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord Jehovah fighteth for them against the Egyptians. The Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come uh, again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its strength. And the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. See, faith is taking God at his word. You and I are not the first people first people of God to ever struggle with it, to ever doubt him, to ever complain, to ever wonder how it's all going to work out. But over and over and over and over again throughout human history, the people of God have witnessed that God is faithful, that God is powerful, that God is able, 
that God loves them, that God is a keeper of his word, that he can be trusted. You and I, like Moses, are going to have to make decisions. We're going to have to make them whether we follow Moses' example or not. We're going to make decisions. The only question is, what kind of decisions will we be making? Will they be decisions of faith that honor and please God, that he might show himself mighty in our lives? Or are they decisions in the flesh, in unbelief, living every day, worrying and fretting and and coveting and lusting and desiring what we don't have? Or, like Moses, will we accept God's plan? Lord, this is your plan for me. I accept it. You know, that's a decision we ought to make every day. God, in, in a sense, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it whatever day, kind of day it is. Faith accepts God's plan. Faith accepts God's provision. This is all you're going to provide me with, the, with Lord? This is it? You're not going to do more? Have you ever been there? Faith accepts God's provision. Thank you, Lord. And, he, and, and faith accepts God's Instruction. God gave Moses specific instruction. Nobody else believed it was going to happen. And he says, you lead the people forward. Down through the sea. Who does that? Who does that? Nobody does that. That's a bad idea. All these people, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, This is not a good idea, except it was God's plan, and it was the best plan. You know what? We we put together our plans. We scheme. We analyze. Look for God's plan. Be surrendered to his plan. Thank him for his plan, and go forward by faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. Oh, how I love it. Love how it speaks to me, how it convicts, encourages, strengthens. Thank you for your Holy Spirit by which we can understand your word. Lord, I pray not only for adults in this room, but young people and children, that there would be some of us here tonight who would say to you, Lord, I want to be like Moses. I want to be a man of faith. I want to reject the things I should reject, and I want to accept the things that I should accept. I want to be a man of faith, a woman of faith, a child of faith, because, God, I want you to be pleased with me. I need you. Father, may it be so in our church. May we please you. Give us safety as we go from this place. Bring us home safely. I pray. I ask these things in Jesus' name.